and welcome back to the Euro Trips Football Podcast, our first episode since the World Cup began. I'm your host, Andy, and I'm joined this week by many of our regulars. I'm here with Ryan, Richard, Naeem and Jonathan. How is everyone today? Good. Yeah, doing good. Cold, but good. Great stuff. Ryan, you all good? Very cold, but good. Great stuff. And finally, Richard, you okay? Yeah, all good, all good, Andy. All good, yeah. Really enjoying this World Cup. It's been fantastic so far, hasn't it? Oh, it's been amazing. I mean, I've got to admit, I mean, you know, we did our World Cup this episode, but I, due to my travels and due to the fact that no American bar seems to be open for a lot of times the games are on here, um, I barely watch this World Cup. So, in terms of our World Cup analysis, I'm going to leave it all up to our guests for this one because I, apart from the Wales games, I've rarely watched any of the World Cup games. But there's only one place to start, though. It's a game that's just finished. Um, we've just finished uh, the game between Croatia and Brazil. And Croatia have, by shock, knocked out the tournament favourites, Brazil, with a penalty shootout win. Uh, they won nil down in extra time with Neymar scoring a very late first half extra time goal, a wonderful goal at that. And then the 118th minute, Croatia equalised before winning it on penalties with uh, Marquinhos missing a decisive penalty, which puts Croatia through to their second consecutive semi-final in, in the recent World Cup memory. First of all, boys, wow, just wow. Did any of you expect that to happen for Croatia to win this game? Um, no, I didn't expect that to happen. I knew it would be a difficult game um, as opposed to their game against South Korea because Croatia are a well-organised team. I think the commentator was saying um, eight out of the starting 11 were in the 2018 squad as well. So they're, they're a team that have obviously played, 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 played together for quite a while. But yeah, they're just kind of... Obviously, Brazil had their chances, um, and Croatia they took their one one chance right at the right at the death. And when it comes to penalties, obviously it's the luck of a draw. And yeah, they, they I think they deserve to, deserve to go through in the end. Obviously, no one expected that to happen. I didn't. I thought thought Brazil would win it in the ninety minutes, but yeah, they they've been knocked out now. And yeah, a lot of that stadium is going to be disappointed because I, I can guarantee ninety percent of that stadium was supporting Brazil. So. Yeah, fair play to Croatia. Um, they're doing well. And, yeah, they play either the Netherlands or Argentina next in the semi-final. So yeah, they could even well go to the final. But yeah, it was, um, it was a shock, but not the biggest shock so far in this World Cup so far. Yeah, certainly for me. I mean, a lot of us had Brazil to win this tournament. A lot of people in general had Brazil win the tournament. When Neymar scored, it felt like, you know, when he's got got a goal, when it going gets tough, it got like, you know, a brilliant goal with that, but it was sort of a goal they had to really a graft for and I think everyone probably thought when I go in this might be Brazil's time I certainly saw it when I was listening to it on the radio I certainly thought that could be the goal that people look back on that really helped them go on and win a tournament but obviously you know Croatia got that goal at the end and I had to go into a question a tactic here because watching that goal the highlights of the goal and I know commentary a lot of it was talking about it as well the fact that Brazil was still going all out attack they still had all their attackers going forward about a minute before, you know, the goal happened. And when the counter-attack, they, uh, the Croatia went on to score the goal, I think that could have easily been presented, prevented. So do you guys think maybe that there was a bit of tactical naivety from Brazil? Maybe they were trying to trying to win it, like win it, win it, win it sexy while rather than just trying to hold out for a win. What do you guys think about Brazil's um, sort of attacking move for the, for the goal that Croatia scored? I think it was a bit of, of overconfidence. I, I felt as if they they probably thought they had the game wrapped up, that they didn't need to do any more defending. It was over. There was only a few minutes left. And, you know, this little moment of complacency came back to bite them in the end. But I think it really just shows how different 
international football is. I mean, everybody was writing off Croatia before this game, saying they were too slow. They were too tired. I mean, Luka Modric, they had several guys in their 30s. They played the entire 120 minutes and then, you know, scored some great penalties in the end. Veterans win games with experience in the World Cup. Um, and clearly Brazil, you know, they have a lot of young guys on their team. I think they're going to be great in 2026 again, and they're going to have just as good a chance as they did this year. But at the end of the day, uh, Croatia played the entire 120 minutes and Brazil did not. Yeah, and I think you touched on a good point, Jonathan, about the fact that they got so many young players as well as experienced players. Now, I don't know whether Neymar's going to be around in four years' time. He is 30 already, since 31 in February. Um, Ryan, do you think come 2026, Neymar's got any chance of playing for Brazil in the World Cup? Or do you think for both him and Modric, it's their last World Cups? I think it depends on who is the manager of Brazil by then and what kind of team they want to play. Um, obviously, he's not the most pressing player, so you're not going to get, you know, 100% work ethic out of him. Um, it's it's a tricky one. It depends where he's still playing as well. If he's still playing at the top level by then, he could very well be. But no, it's not often that you see, you know, Brazilians. I mean, you got Thiago Silva and Dani Alves, of course, but you don't often see them go, you know, deep into their careers. Um, when they're still playing at the very top level. So, no, I, I don't think he'll be there. I think this was his last opportunity, as with many other players. But, you know, we would have, have probably said the same about Ronaldo and, and Messi and even Modric as well, you know, four years ago. So, it's a, it's a difficult one to answer. And then finally, we have to give, you know, have to flip around and give some credit to Croatia. Um, now, Richard, Croatia obviously will be playing in the semi-final against either the Netherlands or Argentina. Now, no one gave them any chance in this game. Do you give them any chance coming up against, um, you know, Holland or the, or the Argentinian side when they get to the semi-final? Or do you think they could even cause a shock in this game? Well, after tonight, I, I won't write anything off, um, Andy. I think um, <laughs> they are mentally strong. I've never known a side su with such mental strength, you know. Um, I mean, and penalties the other day against Japan, they showed that they could tough it out there. And, you know, even going a goal down, I, I remember being on, a, on, on another chat and I said to the guys in that chat and I said to a couple of other mates I know as well, yeah, I think the extra time and penalties from the other night against Japan will tire Croatia out. I think I think Brazil will take this an extra time. And you know, when Neymar scored that brilliant goal, one of those wonder goals, which will now probably be forgotten about by so many people, but it was an absolutely spectacular goal. Um, I thought that was it. But no, they they show tremendous mental fortitude and um they're so tough when it comes to penalties. They are really a difficult side to put away. I'm still gonna edge on my bets and say that either the Netherlands or Argentina might have too much. I think eventually, surely two periods of extra time are going to take their toll. But, you know, has today showed the impossible? <laughs> they, they seem to just keep conquering the impossible. Luka Modric in midfield is still an absolute maestro. And, you know, their midfield against um, Brazil really were excellent in the first half. I just think the big issue for Croatia going forward is, is that the striking options don't look as good as what they did four years ago. But, I mean, it got them out of jail tonight, but I think that probably was a little bit of a factor today, but the midfield three can still control things. So, yeah, I, I probably I'm going to go for either Argentina or the Netherlands to end it in the next round, but 
considering they're a side in transition to make a World Cup semi-final when you're a side in transition after the heroics of 2018, that's not bad going at all. So um, they deserve all the praise in the world. Um, absolutely remarkable achievement for a country of, what, four million people? I think they're the smallest ever to play in a World Cup final by landmass. It's just, it's just remarkable how, how they keep doing it, how they keep, keep churning out great sides. Yeah, and it's a huge credit to the manager, huge credit to the players. They can just keep doing what they're doing these last two tournaments. And of course, their semi-final will be on Tuesday. Um, if my club currently in LA, eight hours behind, if my math is correct, it should be on at 7am uh, UK time on Tuesday. Not sure whether it's BBC or ITV. But the winners they'll play uh, will be either Argentina or Holland. There's no point really predicting this game, uh, going through this game in detail, because this game will be done by the time this podcast is released. But a quick prediction from you all about this game. Um, we'll go to Naeem first. Prediction for Holland, Argentina? Um, I'm going to go with what I said at the start of the tournament. I think Holland will get to the final, so I think they'll edge it. Hopefully there's goals in 90 minutes this time around, so I'll go 2-1. I reckon I'll win 2-1, but yeah, 2-1. I'm going well. 2-1 Netherlands. And Jonathan, another man who did back Holland to start the tournament. Um, are you going to stick with your predictions, or do you think Messi will have his time and get to a second final in his career? Yeah, of course. I went with a dark horse and, and thought the Netherlands might pull it out in the end, especially if uh, sides like Brazil didn't make it to the semifinals or make it late to really challenge them. So I've got Holland, again, I think Argentina haven't really impressed me that much. And, you know, if you can shut down Messi, you know, they, they really don't know what to do, Argentina, it feels like. So I've got the Netherlands. It's going to be a close one. I could very well see it going to extra time as well. Uh, and then, Ryan, your prediction for this game? Yeah, Argentina win. Um, that's they've steadily got better, I think, over the tournament. Obviously, they looked a bit poor at the start, but each and every game they've just got that little bit better. And I think there's more to come from Lautaro Martinez. Hopefully, we see a little bit of Paulo Dybala as well. And obviously, Messi's just been, you know, the main man once again. So I think he'll have another great game tonight, get himself a goal, and um, you know, I, I, I think. Argentina will now make the final. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm going to go for an Argentina win. Um, I'm going to go for a 1-1 after normal time and I'm going to go for a Julian Alvarez winner in extra time. Um, Richard, finally, your prediction for this game. I'm with Jonathan here. I think the Netherlands are going to sneak this in extra time. I just have a feeling that I was really impressed with the way the Netherlands controlled it against the United States. You know, the United States put them under pressure for the first 10 minutes of that, that round of 16 game. But then when they scored, they really controlled that um, that game, the Netherlands, so well the other day. Um, for the rest of the first half period in between the first goal and the second goal. And I think if you can, like Jonathan said, if you can box up Messi, I think that Argentina haven't really offered a lot more else. And I've got to say, Louis van Gaal's uh, Netherlands so far, they've not been flamboyant, but they've just been very, very controlled, very, very um, composed. And yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 Netherlands um, after extra time. OK, so that game is on in less than an hour's time. So... Personally, I hope Messi wins. I really want Messi to win the whole tournament. Um, now, you mentioned USA, Richard. That's a fantastic segue into our next section, which is all about myself and Jonathan. Now, we're the only two that have had teams knocked out so far. Both Wales and USA are out of the tournament. USA made it to the round 16, but did lose to the Netherlands. And the, Wales, and the Welsh team did, frankly, 
stink up the joint with um, two losses and a draw. Um, Jonathan, now obviously your team is out, your country is out. What was your take on the whole tournament for the USA and how they performed overall? I thought it was fine. I think the goal going in for pretty much everyone was simply to get out of the group. If we could finish second to England, that was going to be a win. We knew it would probably be Netherlands or Senegal um, in the knockout round. And, you know, we were even on our best day, probably not going to beat uh, the Netherlands in 90 minutes. So it is what it is. It's on to 2026 at home. I mean, everybody's so st- extremely extremely young in the squad with a bunch of players in their early 20s um so that's going to be the year where hopefully it all goes to plan but yeah i think the big thing for the usa going forward is they need to find a number nine josh Sargent. you know he's played a little bit better uh in the championship this season compared to last year but you know he didn't provide anything for us up front this year and then we've got a whole range of players that greg burrow tried to play and start up front. It seemed like there was a new character every single game. So if we can find a decent number, number nine, I, I would have liked to see Jordan from Union Berlin uh, make the squad. Unfortunately, he wasn't included, but um, I think that will be the key going forward because we have a plethora of wingers. Uh, Eunice Munsa, I think is going to make a big move probably next summer. He's still only 19 years old. And I think he did great controlling play in the middle of the park and yeah, on to, on to 2026. Yeah, of course, tournament you guys are hosting, along with, I believe it's Mexico and Canada as well. That should be a great tournament. I think it's a 46-man tournament, so I think there's between three and seven more slots available for Europe. And I think there's, each continent has multiple spots more than normal. Now, I'm hoping Wales will be there, but after watching our performances in this tournament, I don't know, to be honest. I think if Rob Page, sixth manager, I, I do question it because... Bale didn't look anywhere near the player we know. Ramsey was off it. Uh, I think it's definitely the end of the era for Wales. Um, and I I do question Rob Page's tactics. And I've been very vocal on Twitter about it because the, the only games I watched in full really have been Wales. Um, and from what I saw, no disrespect to Iran and the USA, but why the, why the heck are we playing so defensively against these teams? Against England, I get it because they're like, you no, know, their, their second team's better than our first team. But um, against two teams that, you know, on paper, haven't got much of much of a status in in football. I don't know why he went so defensive. The same thing happened in Euro twenty twenty or twenty twenty one, and for that one, it, it was it managed that okay because Turkey were literally were terrible. But um, you know, it, it's I, I do question what page, and I do think he only got there because of what happened to Ryan Giggs. I think if Ryan Giggs was manager and hadn't been such a bad person, I think we may have been more attacking uh, minded. We could have easily caused more problems. But also, I've been thinking about this recently. Actually, Gareth Bale was one of our worst players, arguably, the whole tournament, apart from his goal. And, you know, he didn't play for much Madrid, but I don't know what you boys think about this, but at least he was playing, training every day with these winners like Benzema, Modric, Casemiro, Tony Cruz, Courtois, David Alaba towards the end. I mean, he's, that's why he still played so well in the qualifiers this year. But I do question his move to LASC because now we're seeing that he's not been training and working alongside these winners. And therefore, you've seen his performances drop massively. I don't know what you boys think about that. Do you agree with that? That maybe, even though he wasn't playing for Madrid, he was still playing alongside these winners. And therefore, that was helping him for Wales. Probably probably a mixture of things, really. Because when he went to uh, Los Angeles, he wasn't really starting there. He was mainly, mainly on the bench. So he hasn't had that much game time like leading up to the World Cup. So 
maybe that's kind of a contributing factor and obviously maybe age as well obviously you know like when he was in the last Euros he, he didn't do too badly but I think it's just mainly the game time really um that's that's probably one of, one of the biggest biggest contributing factors that yeah, he's not played much this season and then yeah he's obviously been thrown, obviously he's your main pretty much your main man in Wales and he's just not really delivered the goods um but yeah I think he should probably retire soon anyway he's had a good career so no one can ever knock that out of him. So, yeah, it's a mixture of those two things, I reckon. Yeah, I think for me, I'm, I was surprised that he said he's going to carry on because I think, you know, even though it was a tournament where, you know, they, we did play badly and he played badly, I think, you know, you'd rather end your tournament playing in the World Cup than maybe, you know, you've lost a qualifier. You know, I think there's great... I, I, I was convinced he's going to retire from football together because, you know, everyone knows his desire to play passion playing for Wales over club football and I think for that I think he'd have been a great way to end playing in Wales's first World Cup in 64 years um, but anyway for me it was just good to be there I mean getting to watch a World Cup with Wales involved was something I never thought I'd see and even though I wasn't watching it with family which was the only downside to it as well as the results uh, I, I've just got to you know credit the team for making it and just finally saying I can see I've seen my team play in the World Cup, my country playing in the World Cup. But of course, one of the teams that did beat England along the way is a team that is nationality for three of these boys here. Um, England, they play tomorrow against France. It is on at 7pm UK time. Again, I don't know whether it's BBC or ITV. Uh, this podcast should be released by the time this before this game is released, so that should all be good. Um, now, France are after Brazil's exit now a tournament favourites. And this is real England's first real test, really, since the final. I mean, they've had a pretty easy route so far to get where they are. And that's been a constant theme of Southgate's tournament, which I know has been a, a regular debate on this podcast. Um, someone who's very vocal about Southgate actually was Ryan. So we'll head to you first, Ryan. Um, do you give England any chance for this game? Or are you, you predicting France to, to steamroll England? Yeah, no, I can give England a chance, without a doubt, I think. Surprised a lot of people, including myself, this tournament. Didn't expect us to get far because of the mainly our defence, which has obviously been questioned a lot. Um, they're fair play. They haven't put a foot wrong, to be honest. I think Maguire's been a lot better. Um, and he's, he's played a lot more attacking, which is something that we a lot of people called upon. Not so much in the group stage. Um, obviously, around we did, but we was expected to. I think everyone was disappointed with the result against, you know, the USA. Um, even the Wales game, it was, you know, it was an all right performance. But against Senegal, they were, they were very, very good considering how good Senegal are as a team. And, yeah, that game did impress me and did give me a bit more hope. But I, I do still think we will fall short against France. Um not not just because of Mbappe. Um, the trouble is, you, you know, you always have to double up on him, and you haven't. You know, you, you've then got to sacrifice players. You've then got to sacrifice maybe going, you know, and being more progressive and attacking, and, and and look to be more defensive, which is where we've been found out. I think in in certain games in in recent tournaments. So, and like I say, you double up on him. You you still got to worry about Griezmann and. And Giroud have both been very good this tournament. And I just think France's defence is just better than ours, which I think we'll see them, we'll see them through. But I don't think it's a, a straightforward France win. Um, it could it could easily go either way. It could go to extra time. It could even go to penalties. 
But I, I, I do expect a lot of goals. I think it'll be a high-scoring game. Um, maybe maybe a, a 3-2 France win or a 2-2 draw, something like that. So, um, yeah, I'm still not convinced by Southgate. I'm still convinced that tomorrow he'll, he'll go with a more defensive lineup, and um, that, that could be their undoing. Yeah, I personally, I, I think, even though I've been a, someone who's setting them against the final in our predictions episode, and I'm someone who's been always been a backer of Southgate, I just think, even though I think these are the, I think they are, these are the best two squads left in the tournament. I think the England bench is better than most benches in the tournament. But I think France are going to ease the picture. I think it's going to be a 3-0 France win. I just think that the way Mbappe's playing, I think he's been by far the player of the tournament. He may well get golden boot as well. You know, the midfield is crazy. The depth they've got in defence. And it's just, it's just a really good team. And I think that England... They had a good game against Iran, fair enough, because you know, we lost 2-0 to Iran and to beat them 6-2 is a pretty good achievement. But I think Senegal was good, but again, they're beating teams they're meant to beat. I think they've, they've not yet beat a team this tournament that they're, they, they're expecting to beat. But I hope they do win. I'm, I'm, I'm not one of these Welsh in that anyone but England sort of mantra. I do want England to win, but I just think that France are playing that well right now. I think it could be a Mbappe masterclass. Uh, Richard, over to you. Um, there's been a lot of talk this week about the potential Mbappe and Kyle Walker matchup. And there's been a lot of people saying that um, Kyle Walker can stop Mbappe. Others have been saying the opposite. What's your take been on that sort of coverage this week and your thoughts going into the game on uh, tomorrow? Obviously, I think you've got to keep an eye on Mbappe. You know, um, you've got to obviously have him in your thoughts when you're trying to deal with France. But I think England have to be careful not to get sucked into the trap of solely trying to deal with Mbappe. Because as has been mentioned um, just now, you know, France have more attacking weapons that they can use. They've not just got Mbappe. Griezmann's having a fantastic tournament. There's Giroud up front. There's Dembele on the other side who, you know, Dembele's a very hit and miss player, I find, but on his day, he can be absolutely brilliant. So I think also England need to focus on attacking when they can as well. I think if you try and get too preoccupied by defending deep, that can leave you in, in real problems. I think England have got to also take it to France. I think, you know, Poland in the first half against France, I thought played very well. And that's also given me a little bit of optimism. You know, I think the midfield, it's still very good. But I don't think it's quite given me Pogba and Kante vibes from 2018. You know, Poland were passing through it on a number of occasions. And I think maybe the fullbacks can be got at as well. So I think England have got to try and also try and find a way to attack and, and, and not get sucked into the trap of being too preoccupied with Mbappe. How Southgate sets his team up will be will be interesting. Does he go with five at the back? Does he go with three in midfield? Maybe someone to try and keep tabs on Griezmann too, because he's having a fantastic tournament. Like you guys, I sort of, even though I want England to win and even though I'm desperate for England to win, I do kind of have a feeling, yeah, France will probably be too strong. I just, just Mbappe might be that extra factor that, that seals it in France's favour. And then if you do manage to shield him, I still think they've got other, other attacking options that, that might just prove too much. So me, I'm going 2-1 for France. I, I think as much as I'd like England, it will be close, but I think, I do think England have done well so far, but unfortunately they're coming into this this France side who whose eyes will be absolutely lit up after Brazil's elimination tonight. I think they've got a fantastic chance now to go back to back for the first time since Brazil in 58 and 62 of the World Cup. I think I think England need to focus on attacking down that right wing and, and just get after 
uh, Teo Hernandez on France and get after Mbappe because you know Mbappe's not really going to press that much. Adrian Rabio might shift over to the left-hand side. I mean, he he has he's had a good tournament, but at the same time, he's due for one of those insane mistakes. And then Teo Hernandez loves to push forward. It's, there's a reason why uh, the Chomps really prefer Lucas Hernandez on that left-hand side, who's more of a a center back type of field because Teo doesn't really like to track back and, and help out those center backs. And um, you've got Jules Kunde who probably start at right back. Who's also more of a center back. So I think, you know, Southgate's going to get fired if, if he loses this game, whatever happens. So I think he needs to go all out. I really would love to see them overload that right side, whether it is, you know, five at the back and put in Trippier as well as Kyle Walker to sort of, help out in defense against Mbappe as well as that link up play on the right side to fully swing in crosses off the right and take advantage of what I think is a softer left wing from France. Yeah, I think one player that's been getting a lot of talk recently that I've loved hearing about personally, I'll get your thoughts on it, Naeem, about obviously everyone's mentioned Declan Rice, Benningham, but one man that's gone under the radar and only recently been getting credit is Jordan Henson. He had a great game against Senegal, was good in the against Wales as well. Um, do you think he could be the surprise man to, um, to be the man to stop France rather than the, the main headline act? Um, yeah, well, he's, he's got the experience. Um, it, obviously, it was a surprise to see him coming in, was it two games ago in the midfield? I think it was, it was against Wales, wasn't it? Um, he's obviously playing three defence-minded midfielders, but obviously Bellingham's been able to obviously roam. But yeah, I think if... Rice and uh, yeah, Rice and Henderson sit back. France's midfield, obviously, um, who they're playing is it Rabio and is it um, Tushimani? They've been playing there. Um, it's not the greatest of midfield, so that can be quite out. But it just yeah, it just really depends on how how he sets up. If he plays five at the back, then there's no chance of really having much of an attacking threat because it's quite a defensive formation. But yeah, Henderson, yeah, he's just gone under the radar. You know, he got a goal in the last game. Um, yeah, I think I think he yeah he might be the difference, but it, like everyone else has said, it just depends on if he plays five at the back or if he just sticks with the same squad. Personally, I'll, I'll stick with the same squad. Um, but why change change it? Um, change change something that's been proven to be doing well. So yeah, we'll have to have to see. It's going to be a tight game. Unfortunately, I'll be will be missing it tomorrow, but I'll be checking my phone anyway. Ray Steph. Now, Henderson, before we do go on to our Morocco and Portugal chat, Henderson is now, or was one of five, but now after the result earlier, is one of three players that could end this tournament being the only player in history to win a Premier League, Champions League, FA Cup, League Cup and the World Cup. Can you guys name the other two players? Oh. <laughs> I'm going to go, my first guess is Henri, I want to say. No. Oh, it's players who are currently playing, so they could do it this tournament. Oh, I think we meant that. Three players left in this tournament. There was five, but now two have been knocked out. There's only three players left in this tournament who are playing. That could be oh. Thierry Henry? No, we, we, we just said it was current players. Um, oh, sorry, yeah. Mm. So you're saying current players who are only missing the World Cup? Yeah, they've won. They'll be, they'll, they'll, they can make history by winning, becoming the first player to win the Premier League, Champions League, FA Cup, League Cup, and the World Cup. In so it. it'd be it'd be Van Dyke then as well. Yeah, oh, no. all of them. Yeah. <laughs> um, Who else is there? Um, 
I'll give you a clue. This other player you've missed isn't actually a starter for Flair Country. Not Ronaldo. Nope. <laughs> That's crazy, actually. <laughs> yeah, what, he would be in that list, though, wouldn't he? If you want, if you want to. Well, I'm basing this on a tweet, a TikTok from a guy I like watching his comment, Oliver Hudson. Um, mm. Oliver Hudson, I think, been five players. The two that were knocked out were Allison and Fabinho. Um, uh, yeah. So there's one player left. I, mm. I, maybe he didn't win. Oh, he did, did win an FA Cup, did he, Ronaldo with Manu? Yeah, he did, didn't he? Did he? No, he was in the final when he lost to Arsenal. Oh, he did. No, he I don't think he did. He's one of his middle. So the, he did, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, Ollie, I think you missed a player here because I think. Well, I don't, there must be one. Okay, it's the last time I, I listened to a TikToker to get my quiz, my quiz questions. But um, I'll say the answer. The other one was Trent, but the other five were Han Van Dyke, Henson, Trent, Allison, and Fabinho. But um, yeah, Ronaldo must have missed. He, he, has, he has got all of them, I think, isn't he? He won the FA Cup in 2004, League Cup 2006. Six play against Wigan? Yeah. Yeah, two players six against Wigan. Yeah. Okay, so if you're listening, Ollie, I, I like content, but get get your get your quiz questions out before. You make me look like a fool. <laughs> so for our final game we're going to preview is Morocco against Portugal because Morocco stunned the football world with a penalty shootout win over Spain in the last round, uh scoring winning three 0 I believe it was. They missed one, but Spain missed all four. Um, against a Portugal side, that won 6-1 with Ronaldo's replacement in the side, scoring a hat-trick. Um, so for this game, I actually think this game could be the shock. I mean, obviously, the shock has been Croatia beat Brazil. But I remember I put a tweet out about it a few hours ago. I thought Morocco, I think Morocco can do it. I think they, they're a bit defensive-minded. I'll, I'll give them that. Uh, so the, that could come under question. But it worked against Spain, and I think they could do it against, against Portugal. I really do. Um but as people, you, you guys watch Portugal and Morocco more than I have. Um, so we'll let you guys free for all. Well, who wants to take it first? But um, but yeah, how do you guys think this game will go? I think what will be interesting in this game is that we've just seen tonight how, you know, Brazil had a relatively straightforward round of 16 victory over South Korea and Croatia were made to go all the way against Japan in round of 16 and win on penalties. And, you know... It's interesting how Croatia's toughness getting them through that tight situation, you know, paid dividends today because they played generally quite well in the whole game and defend, stayed in the game the whole time, got that like equaliser and won on penalties. So very similar situation here. You know, Morocco went all the way with Spain, all the way through the penalties and won. And Portugal made that tactical um, switch with Gonzalo Ramos coming in for Cristiano Ronaldo and had a really easy win against Switzerland in the round of 16. So this could be, yeah, I, I, I do agree, Andy. I think this could be another one of those upsets. This was the game where you fought pre-quarterfinals um, that might be the surprise here. Morocco are just very, very tough to beat. Um, Norden Amrabat has been one of the stars of the tournament. I think he's been exceptional for... Morocco in midfield. It'd be very interesting to see if Naif Aguerd and uh, Roman Saiz have not picked up injuries because I think they are very, very important to the way Morocco play, um, you know, in terms of keeping that defensive steel in front of Yassine Bounou, the goalkeeper. But they, they've got the trump card of the fullbacks. You know, Mazarawi and um, Hakimi are excellent fullbacks amongst the best of the tournament, that, that fullback pairing. So the Morocco have some strengths that Portugal can exploit. I think... I'm still inclined to think Portugal might just get through, but I think Morocco will give them a good go and a good run. Maybe 
just wondering with the fitness of Aguerd and um, Saiz, whether that might swing in in Portugal's favour, because I know Saiz was really limping along there at the end. And if, if one of those two isn't playing, that could be a big blow for them. But like you, I think this this could be another long one that could go to extra time. Um, yeah, looking forward to this game. I mean, how crazy would it be if we had Neymar, Messi and Ronaldo all go out in the round of 16? That, that'll probably come back to bite me if Argentina do advance uh, directly after we finish this pot up. But um, yeah, I think that would have Twitter going crazy. But uh, I mean, Morocco are a very good team. Portugal aren't going to be able to do the same as just simply cutting through Switzerland with ease. I'm guessing uh, Ramos will start up front again for Ronaldo. I mean, it would be crazy at this point for uh, Ronaldo to get back into the starting 11, but he will come off the bench. Um, and I could really see this one again going to extra time. Morocco are extremely hard to get through. And this is, I feel like, going to be very low scoring. But at the end of the day, I do feel as if Port Portugal have enough talent to get past them in the end. I think this is where uh, Morocco's run ends. But would it be, is it the first time ever an African country would advance to the to the semi-finals. I'm trying to remember if... Yeah, yeah. yeah. yes, yeah. that would be correct. I think it's happened three times before. I think it's been Cameroon in 1990. I think Senegal in 2002 and Ghana in 2010 are the yeah. only other three sides who've made it this far. So, yeah, Morocco could make history if they win this game. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping they do, but I, I, I do think Portugal will win. Um, Naeem, hypothetical question for you. Um, if Portugal to win the whole tournament and Ronaldo's not starting... Do you think he'll do a John Terry? <laughs> of course, man. You know what that guy's like. He's shameless, isn't he? Um, <laughs> but yeah, they won't win the they won't win the World Cup. I can't can't see them winning it. But if they do, yeah, he'll you know he'll be there. Um, time to take all the glory. But yeah, he should just he should just bow out gracefully now, Ronaldo. But I think his ego is too big, and yeah, we've he, seen what he's you know he's seen the interview with Piers Morgan and all that. Yeah, he's just. I think I think he needs to realise he's not the player he once was 10, 15 years ago. So yeah, he can be a bit part player for Portugal. That, you know, that'd be cool. But you know, even when he came on, he, well, he had a few half chances. But yeah, I think he's a pass now, really. And yeah, he needs to just bow out gracefully. But yeah, he will be shameless and do a John Terry, I reckon, if they do win the World Cup. Yeah, I have to really question Nalda here because you know, I've always been a big fan of him as a person in terms of the way he's done his career since the way he's worked to get where he is and I don't know and I think the interview talked about why he in the summer he rejected a move to Saudi Arabia because he wanted to be at the top level and then within a week after that interview's done leave Manu and the big talk is that he's going to Saudi Arabia I mean if he goes there it's a massive massively hypocritical move from him because he's just talked about not wanting to play wanting to play at the elite level and now he's going to join the team which is clearly just a money move, to be honest. Um, but Ryan, your thoughts on Ronaldo as well? Um, do you think there's any way he could fight his place back in the starting team? Or do you think now with the hat-trick that the uh, Ramos scored in the last round, do you think his time as a starter for Portugal is done, barring any injuries to any starters? It should be done. Um, whether it will be or not, I don't know, because the manager seemingly has a very good relationship with him, even though he was dropped in that, you know, um, previous game. But I'm glad that we're seeing the best of Gonzalo Ramos as well, because he's been very good for Benfica. 
in the last uh, sort of season, season and a half, and he's going to be an incredible talent. And even Jao Felix has sort of got himself back in a little bit of form for this tournament. Bruno Fernandez has been very good, and I said at the start of this in the in in, in the preview that I thought Portugal could be a team that go far because they've got a lot of elite players throughout their team, and although I like Morocco and I felt that they would do well this tournament as well. And they did very well to, to keep Spain at bay. But I thought Spain were very wasteful in that game. Um, they could, there were several ways they, they could have won it and they didn't. And obviously, we didn't expect much from Spain, I don't think, anyway. They're a team going through a bit of a transition. So I do think Portugal will win this game. Um, Morocco was, will play the same way. But Portugal have got a few more dynamic players players that are a bit more older, a bit more experienced than what Spain have got as well. So I think that that, that will see them through. And then it could be a very intriguing final between France and, and Portugal, um, if that is the way the chips land. But yeah, um, I'd be very surprised if we saw Ronaldo start another Portugal game ever. Big, big statement that ever. I think he'll start at some point, but I, I don't. I don't know whether it'll be this tournament anyway. Uh, but before we do end the podcast, we'll do a final quick uh, prediction from us all. What is your updated final prediction, and who's going to win that final? Um, on my top left is Jonathan, so I'll go to you first. Who is making the final, and who's going to win it? Uh, I think from the first half of the bracket, I'm I'm sticking with Netherlands. Um... And at this point, will they win the final? I'm not really sure. But, you know, if they do, uh, great for me. I somehow accidentally predicted that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, gosh, who will they face? Hmm. I mean, I, I'll i go with Portugal. I, I think they might snip it at the end of the day, and I'll keep one of the big names in there. And... If they do, if they do face off in the final, who's winning it? Netherlands, all the way. That's my team, hey. my country. <laughs> Your country, that mate. <laughs> um, Richard, over to you. Who's making the final for you, and who's winning it? Well, Portugal, France, and Netherlands versus Croatia will be my two semi-finals. My final will be Netherlands versus France, and I think France will make history and go back to back like the brilliant Brazil side of 1958 and 1962 with Pele. Um, I think France will do it. I think Brazil going out today was music to France's ears, and I think they'll put the bit between the teeth now and um, and make history. Fair play, um, Ryan. Over to you. Who's making the final for you, and who's winning it? France against Argentina. I'm going to go with a bold shout of Argentina winning it. Okay. And if, uh, Naeem, over to you. Um, yeah, I want to go with my team that I said would be in the final. So Netherlands, and I think they will play France. And, oh, yeah, I think France. France will probably, they, they, they will probably win it, I reckon. Okay, well, I... Going to go for a repeat of last time's final. I'm going to go for a Croatia against France final. And once again, France will win. But I don't think it'll be quite as entertaining as it was four years ago. So I'm going to go for a France win. Bonus prediction, I'm going to go for a France 2-0 win. Mbappe and Giroud. But 
that is the end of the podcast for this week, our World Cup special. We'll try and get one for you before the final, before we do a bumper episode as a final preview episode. So I've been your host, Andy. This has been Jonathan. This has been Richard. This has been Naeem. This has been Ryan. And we will see you guys next time. Yeah.